Good morning, Maranatha. We're getting into the Merry Christmas time here. Counting down once again, you know you can feel the tension <laughs> building as we get near a holiday to the world. And we, of course, celebrate a holy day in the Christian faith. And we know the reason for the season. And it makes all the difference. I'm not going to say that I'm not going to enjoy the Christmas cards, the sentiments uh, that are sent to us of love uh, over the years, and and uh, and all of you that have written us, we thank you from the bottom of our heart. What an encouragement it is to know that our ministry is still touching hearts and lives, uh, even though we're getting up in years. Amen. God has been good to us and allowed us to continue to spread his word, to use every vehicle that we can find, every open door uh, to declare the name of Jesus to a fallen world. Praise God. And once again, we're getting ready in this Christmas season. I, I feel the whole season to me as the Holy Spirit just seems to be uh, confirming that more and more as we get closer to this Christmas 2022. Uh, why Jesus came. So important. We know he came. We know he laid in a manger, but we know he didn't stay in the manger. We know he came. We know the purpose of his coming to a degree because it came to its fulfillment and, and its, its climax at the cross. Amen. Praise God. But friend of mine, that's what we want to focus on this Christmas season. We want to know why he came. Amen. And look at the love behind it and God's purpose behind it. You know, many would call our world in the condition it's in a God forsaken world. It looks like the enemy in, is, is making inroads and making progress and progressively. And maybe the new word that's used so much exponentially, but I'm telling you right now, God has not forsaken our world. He loved the world as it was then and as it is now, enough to give His only begotten Son. That's why Jesus came. And not just give Him to lay in the manger, but give Him to lay in a manger so he could grow up to full manhood and adulthood, go to the cross and pay our sin debt. A lot of songs and sermons at Christmas point to a manger in Bethlehem, to Mary and her holy child, and rightfully so. That's where it all began. That's where the, the opening of the understanding of the mystery of his coming began. God indeed sent his Son into this fallen world in order that there might be an opportunity for everybody on the planet to be saved. Yes, you heard me correct. According to the Word of God, it's not his will that any perish, but that all come to repentance, which is the first step toward receiving Christ and the gift of everlasting life. Amen. Praise God. Problem is, some only see Jesus, even in the Christian community, as the Christ child, the little innocent babe who came to teach us to love one another and to live in peace with one another. 
There's truth in that, great truth in that. He's God's love gift. And in his Old Testament title, one of his titles was Prince of Peace, one of his most treasured titles in fact is prince of peace yes he's 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 very god he's the everlasting father he's the he's the wonderful counselor but he is prince of peace and this world has never known peace except for very well it's never really known it worldwide since the world began and it's getting worse now with the end time signs so prevalent wars and rumors of wars earthquakes in many different places uh (laughs) distress of nations with perplexment men's hearts failing them for fear looking at the things which are coming upon the earth so what we want to do is examine uh this christmas season the the reason for the season is jesus of course but there's a reason that he came and it is this fallen world the condition of this sinful sin-filled world and all of the lost people and hopeless helpless people in it that brought Jesus to leave the splendor of heaven, take on flesh, lay helpless seemingly (laughs) in a manger, and seemingly just hang just as helpless on the cross. But he did that for a reason. And the reason is because he loved us enough In spite of our sins, in spite of our pride, our arrogance, our blasphemy, I could go on and on. But he is not just a baby in a manger. He came to lay in that manger, but not to stay in that manger. To some, he's just a religious symbol, a perpetual child, a sweet, innocent baby that evokes sentimental emotions. And what God wants to establish in us is the deep devotion from our hearts to follow Christ when we're in the midst of the beginning of sorrows and the falling away. It's going to take more than sentimental feelings or emotions. It's going to take a deep devotion, bringing a strong commitment of our life to follow Jesus, to be literally upstream Christians in a downstream world. Nothing less than our sin debt that we couldn't pay brought him here into this fallen world. Our separation from our God brought him from heaven's glory to a manger in Bethlehem as the first stage and first step on his journey to the cross. It was our helpless, hopeless condition, hurting, (laughs) aging, dying, without hope and without God, as the Scripture said, in the world. And Jesus did not accomplish our salvation by laying in a manger, but by hanging on a cross. Someone said it very well when they said the Son of God became the Son of Man so that the sons of men might become the sons of God. Hallelujah. Number one, Jesus came to reconcile us to God. Galatians 4, 4 through 7. It said, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, 
that we might receive the adoption of sons. Praise God. And because you are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, saying, Abba, Father. I want to stop right there. Abba here is in Aramaic. It is the first words uh, in the language of the day of Christ's time and the writing of the New Testament. It's It's the first word that a baby, boy or girl, would utter when they recognize who their daddy is. And it is, it's a simple word, Abba, we use the word in our uh, contemporary language. My my children, they call me Dada before they call me Daddy. Amen. Abba, Father. We have been adopted into the family of God. Jesus came to reconcile us to God so that our sins can be forgiven and we could be brought into His royal family and we could call the Creator of heaven and earth that we sinned against and call him Abba, Father. Listen to verse 7, therefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. I like one paraphrase. It In part, it said God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Jesus bought our freedom by paying the ransom price in full at the cross. Jesus came, you see, to change us within, to show loving kindness to sinners who cannot change themselves. Titus 3, 3-7, listen. For we ourselves were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers or many lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost." which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I'm going to tell you, if God adopts you into His family, (laughs) calls you His children, His sons, His daughters, heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus, praise God, we have the hope of salvation today based on the reconciliation that occurred when Jesus hung on that cross and paid our sin debt and we received Him as our Lord and and Savior, repenting of our sin, turning our back on the evil one, and turning our face toward Jesus. You see, when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, He not only uh, reconciled us to God, He gained for us a standing of righteousness that would allow the Holy Spirit to come and indwell us <laughs> and affect mighty, holy change within our very nature. When we struggle with sin's sway, it's because now we have a holy aversion to it. 
It's not like the past when we gave our allegiance to it. I used to love to hear George Beverly Shea sing and my associate pastors sing and play it on the guitar. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses and lands just to know that I'm led by his nail pierced hands than to be a king of a vast domain and be held in sin's dread sway. Aren't you glad today to be free? Jesus came to set the captive free, to change us, literally to translate us, the scripture declares, out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Look with me at Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10. It says, And you hath he quickened, literally it means to make alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. We, we were separated from God. He could have no fellowship with us. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. But God, hallelujah, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Have you got on your shouting shoes this Christmas? Are you are looking once again to that old rugged cross and understanding why he came to lay in the manger, but why he didn't stay in the manger? Let me continue with verse 6. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Jesus Christ that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. I like, I like the, the paraphrase that says, for we are God's masterpiece. Hallelujah. He is, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Praise God. Jesus came to set the captive free. He came to deliver us from sin's power and its consequence by becoming our sacrifice lamb. Look at Hebrews 9 and verse 26. It says, Then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. 
I like the Amplified. It said, For then would he often have had to suffer over and over again since the foundation of the world. But as it now is, he has once and for all at the consummation and close of the ages appeared. It's why he came, you see, to put away and abolish sin by his sacrifice of himself. He gave himself for us. God did not just send us his son. He sent him to die in our place. He gave his son to die as a sacrifice lamb. He gave his only begotten for God so loved in John 3.16 that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. As Isaiah prophesied to us concerning him in Isaiah 9.6, a child is born unto us, a son is given. Hallelujah. Jesus came to die to give us victory over death. Look at Second Timothy 1, 7 through 10. He said, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us, called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus was not an afterthought. When God gave man a sovereign free will, part of making man in his image was not just how he formed our form out of the clay before he breathed spirit into us and made us an eternal living soul. Yes, the flesh would die, but never our eternal spirit. Long before that, he knew if we made the wrong decision, he knew the consequences that would come. So he prepared, I call it a safety net of grace to catch us if we fall. And indeed we fell, but he sent his son and he planned that before he made the world as we know it, the earth as we know it. Praise God. Amen. Let me read that again. Who hath saved us, called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our, and this is beginning at the manger. It has significance, but we need to understand the significance of it is the first step. That was the first step toward paying our sin debt so that we could obtain salvation, everlasting life, everlasting love, becoming not only forgiven our sin, but brought into God's own royal family. You realize how awesome it is to cry, Abba, Father, and the spirit of adoption, the Holy Spirit who came to, that we are sealed by and with, to be able to call the creator of heaven and earth our heavenly Father 
Abba, Father. Listen, but now, verse 10, is made manifest by the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death for the believer, you see, and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Hallelujah. Amen. Friend of mine, if Jesus had not come, we, we, we would be, we would be hopelessly lost, helpless to change our condition or to save ourselves. But thank God, in the fullness of time, God sent His Son, His only begotten Son. Harriet Hine wrote these lines about Christmas. I want to share it with you in closing today. If there had been no Christmas morn, no Christ child in a manger born, no shepherds watching in the night, no angel song, no star of light, then there would be no hope today for this old world where sin holds sway, no peace for souls weighed down with sin, no deep abiding joy within. No burdens lifted by His grace, no strength to run life's weary race. No sorrows eased, no tempest quelled, no fears dispersed, no doubts dispelled. No song of praise, no answered prayer, no loving Lord to guide and care. But friend, there was a Christmas morn when Christ the Son of God was born. Oh, hallelujah, praise His name. Hope lives today because He came. Hallelujah, praise God. There is hope for us today. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, there is hope for you today. As we continue to examine this season, why He came we begin to understand how powerful Christmas really is when we really understand the purpose of His coming to this planet, to this place, the purpose of the manger and the purpose of the cross. Praise God. In his book, Psalms for My Life, Joe Bailey wrote the following poem. I'd like to share it with you. He said, Praise God for Christmas. Praise Him for the incarnation, for Word made flesh. I will not sing of shepherds watching flocks on frosty night or angel choristers. I will not sing of stable bear in Bethlehem or lowing oxen, wise men, trailing distant star with gold and frankincense and myrrh. Tonight I will sing praise to the Father who stood on heaven's threshold and said farewell to his son as he stepped across the stars to Bethlehem and Jerusalem. And I will sing praise to the infinite son who became most finite, a baby, who would one day be executed for my crimes. Praise him in the heavens. Praise him in the stable. Praise him. In my heart. Dear friend, Christmas is a season to emphasize salvation, the cost of it, and who paid the price so that you and I could be saved. 
we should rejoice that Jesus was born in the ancient city of Bethlehem so long ago, and our hearts should be filled with joy because that child was and is the Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord today. I pray this Christmas season that we will have a deep, deep devotion in our heart to follow Jesus when so many are seemingly falling away, so many stumbling along instead of running with perseverance the race that is set before us. This is no time to look back. This certainly is no time to go back. Remember Lot's wife, Jesus said, Oh, dear friend, going back starts with a look back. And given the opportunity, she would have went back. But judgment fell to remind us that without Jesus, judgment is going to come upon this planet, this place, and this race of people that are here during the tribulation. And all those who have died will be resurrected to be judged at the great white throne judgment. The sea gives up its dead. The land gives up its dead. And all are raised to face a judgment. It's appointed to man once to die. After this judgment, we don't have to fear that judgment if we receive Christ as our Savior, repenting of our sin, receive Him as our Lord and our Master, turn from darkness to light, from Satan to Christ, from sin unto God. Today is a day of salvation. Today it's a day for Christians to rejoice and to reestablish a first love kind of devotion in their heart. Not just a mere emotion during this season, but a deep devotion that we might be the followers of Jesus Christ, upstream Christians in a downstream world. Praise God. And today, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, we've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, the Scripture says. No, no, not one. We all need a Savior. And a Savior has been provided for all of us. That's why He came to lay in that manger. And that's why He didn't stay in that manger. So today as we celebrate His coming in the manger, we celebrate why He came at the cross. At the cross where I first saw the light and the burdens of my soul just rolled away. All of that guilt, all of that shame, all of that fear of spending eternity without God, all of that fear of death, all of it is lifted at the foot of the cross when we come, just like we are, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. O Lamb of God, I come. I come. Come to Christ if you don't know Him. Come to Jesus, repenting of your sin. Receive Him as your Lord and your Savior. He will embrace you. God will pardon your sin. God, God will translate you out of the powers of darkness and bring you into the kingdom of His Son. 
And God will call you His child and allow you to call Him Abba, Father. Oh, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost too, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. We love you. We pray your Christmas will be a Christmas that represents what Jesus accomplished. And we can show the world why he came when we show them our love for him and what he has done for us. In Jesus' name.